0: Hey friends quick heads up uh my audio got a little messed up during this interview for whatever reason streamlabs decided to default to the desktop microphone and not this microphone so i sound a little roomy and spacey but it doesn't really make a difference because all that really matters during this interview are the actual developers and not really me so it's okay shit happens you know um so enjoy and uh i don't know i don't really have a transition so transition To another developer conversation with Six My name is Mike Townjo. Today I'm joined by the fine folks at Recombobulator Games up in Canada. I'm with Luis Alonso, Lauren Claire, and Michelle Franklin. Hey guys.
1: Hello. Should, hey. I, should we wave? Can they are they going to be able to see us or no? Yeah,
0: I mean some people can see. Some people are just listening. If they listen really carefully, maybe they hear the the
1: They're waves and
0: yeah, just flapping the microphone. <laughs> there you go. Uh, guys, thank you so much for hanging out on a. October, a spoopy Wednesday night. I appreciate yes. you all.
1: Spoopy, spoopy season is begun. The best time of the year. Yes,
0: the best time That's of for the year. Yeah, of yeah. course. So you guys are working on a super rad, awesome game called Spaceboat. Before we get into that, I wanna learn a little bit more about you guys. Granted, behind the scenes, we were just bullshitting for 10 minutes, but we're gonna pretend like that sort of didn't happen <laughs> for recording purposes. Uh, Louis, starting with you, you have AAA experience. You're the game yes. director of this game. Uh, I mean, most notably, because I'm a creep and I like to creep on people. Uh, you worked on games like Mass Effect 3 and Dead Space 2, which is pretty freaking rad. How do you... What's it like going from that kind of experience to now the indie scene? And is this your first indie project?
2: Uh, I've been in a couple of other indie uh, studios. Um, I guess you could call them indie, but they they were they were a little bit bigger than the normal indie. But um, I was at... A, a place called uh, reflector and a couple of other places too. Um, and uh, you know, it's, it, I've been doing it on purpose. Actually, I've been trying to get into more of the indie uh, development than staying in the AAA uh, nice. AAA has its perks of course. And there's some titles that are really, really interesting and people play them and they love them. But um, I really wanted to get a, a, away from AAA for a little while and uh, start working on the indie. Cause I, the indie scene is a little bit more, I find a little bit more creative, and uh, you can do more things. And not just that, but I, I also wanted to get away from the the corporate culture that was yeah. starting to form. Like, I mean, I worked for EA for a number of years. I was there for quite a while, and uh, I don't necessarily agree with their monetization schemes that they have. And I, and I call them schemes because that's what it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've been I've been in AAA for quite a while, but I started actually in in. What was what we used to just call small, small uh, studios that, that work for like Disney and stuff and stuff like that. Like we were independent little co- companies that would find uh, uh, all kinds of clients like LucasArts and so on. So I used to really enjoy that. It's only when I started going into AAA that I started seeing all these other personalities, let's just call them that <laughs> uh, that started to emerge and uh, really ruin my day. Uh, so, but uh, yeah. Uh, either way, uh, I enjoy making games no matter what. But uh, I'm uh, I'm really trying to push this uh, this indie thing and try to make my own thing this time around.
0: Yeah, I mean, based off two EA titles that you have credits for, I could yeah, I can understand that without talking too much shit about EA. Uh, <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> oh, we're big fans about talking shit about EA. <laughs>
1: they they just lost the FIFA contract, which is so delicious. It's I know, so delicious. Actually, mm-hmm. uh,
2: in the game um because the game is based on uh i don't, I don't want to j- jump around too much but I'll the jump, game is it. based on oh okay so uh, <laughs> uh the the game's universe was created uh i i guess you could say it started about 30 years ago no joke. Yeah. Uh, uh i started creating this uh this universe with different like characters and different uh uh different groups of uh of like uh, areas of this uh, of this universe like because it's out in space right that anything goes you can have a planet with a completely different than another one and I had fun doing that for a long time, and I've had it in the back of my mind for for, for a very uh, long time. And that universe has been growing. And then I tried something at one point where I tried to make a TV show, and it didn't work out. No. back then, you know, we don't have like what we do today. I had to make cassettes, put them in a giant bag, and then send them by mail to all these places. And I didn't get very many responses uh, back then. So I, I decided at that point, okay, it's maybe it's because I don't have the skills or I don't have the uh, the experience yet. So what I need to do is go out there, get experience, learn how the system works, and eventually make my thing. So it's then twenty years, after uh, like the, that initial ten years, of, of development of all this stuff. I, I just basically went into the industry and I've been, I did a lot of AAA for like twenty years, and then, at that point, I was like, okay, I think it's time. You know, <laughs> Corona hit at the same time, and I was like, well, maybe this is good timing. I don't know. I tried. It, I figured I'd try it out. And so what the game is it's a merger of the stuff that I was coming up with back in the 80s and 90s uh, with all of the experience that I've gained over the years in there. So my experiences with EA uh, are kind of showing up in the game and you're gonna you're gonna f- you know, like if, if people try out the demo, they're gonna see that there's there's a lot of references to right, oh, basically yeah. <laughs> one of the core concepts is the uh, this, this bizarre normalization of these, these bizarre uh, monetization schemes that have come out from video games. And I'm just presenting it in a way that is more of a, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if a vending machine did half the shit that a video game does, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how weird would that be? You know? And so we put it in the game. W- what better way to do it than in a video game talking about how silly monetization and video games are in real life. Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was a really meta medic type of game to, to make. And it's definitely working. Uh, we'll
0: get back to it though. But sure. I want to jump to TikTok superstar Lauren,
1: uh,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> with her eyeball. Yes. Um,
0: so yeah, Lauren, you're doing all the marketing on Spaceboat. Yeah. What? Tell me a little bit about yourself. What's your background?
3: How did you, uh, you become TikTok famous? Oh <laughs> okay, so let's let's go back to it. So I've been on the internet since I was 15. Uh, doing live streaming on something called blog tv and then it went to justin tv then that changed to twitch tv uh so just been doing all of those um just as i went through school and stuff then i went to uni uh did a science degree bioscience got that honors then i was like you know what i want to do something creative in life i've got my backup i've got the science behind me uh went into voice acting and then started to go and go into loads of game conventions and like starting to meet devs and when i got there i was like before you wouldn't think you'd like be able to talk to devs just straight to the face and stuff but when i got to egx and stuff i could like just chat with people and it was like oh they're actually people behind <laughs> this studio and stuff and no. i really enjoyed it i know but you wouldn't you think it like all machines you just... figments. Just... but you'd like you'd walk there because there's such a kind of like an illusion like it's a huge studio you can't contact them or anything you can't speak to these people but uh, going to those events, uh, they just became so like intimate. And like I enjoyed them so much. It's like, you know what? I want to start getting into the gaming industry. And then I uh, was looking for community management jobs and stuff, looking around everywhere. And then I went to a, a studio called Big Sur Games, and we released Cosmos Quickstop, which is a time management game. Oh, yeah. And then after that launched, I then got a job here. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> so, and uh, since then, I've just been... All on social media, doing voice work, uh, marketing, videos, <laughs> streaming, everything under the sun. So that's it. <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah, I think um, that's a huge point about like the games industry, especially like earlier on when it was like quote unquote least accessible. My first, yeah. like, I, I mean, I've always wanted to talk to devs and whatnot just to learn about the in and outs yeah. of the industry, and it felt so impossible. Um, until I, probably until I went to my first PSX oh. and that was like the first time I was like, oh, I could talk to house Mark. Cool. And then like, <laughs> that's just like even expressed even further with like a lot of the PAX events and it, yeah, it just kind of opens up things and humanizes it a little bit, which is really nice, especially in the indie scene, which is usually full of rad people with, you know, some bad seats. But, when you know. you're,
1: even at those events, when you're, when you're going mm-hmm. to those events and trying to speak to devs, NDAs stop people from saying anything so you can ask a specific set of questions but then when it comes to what the game is actually about or mechanics in the game oftentimes we're very limited as to what we can say it's also what we didn't like about working in even double a is you can't talk about the things that you're working on
0: yeah at least like in the indie scene you have a little more freedom to say Mm -hmm. and not say what you want but you don't have this like looming shadow over you
1: (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, Yeah. no one from human resources is looking at every tweet that you're making and uh, checking to make sure you don't say anything uh, that's just a little over the line over what you're doing.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, Michelle, it's your turn.
1: Oh no, really?
0: (laughs) Superstar author, twenty-two books under your belt. Holy Uh, hell!
1: Twenty-four. Sorry, twenty.
0: Listen, (laughs) the press thing that I got says twenty-two.
1: Well, my apologies. the Funny thing is, you know, looking at looking at uh, watching people play spaceboat, the- watching people enjoy the game and everything. And uh, Luis is saying things like, you know, he, he's looking at um how many people are loving the game and joining our Twitter and, and joining our Discord. He's going, I don't understand, like that. We our Kickstarter should be so much farther than this. And me, somebody who's who's published 24 books with three different publishers who has only ever had one bestseller, me, me going. Sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> or like, you know, cause I always have publishers say, we don't understand all oh, your books are so good. All oh, the language is so good. How come you're not doing work? Are you gonna give me an advance? Are you going to market my book for me better? Are you yeah. gonna do this? Uh, you know, and then you go, oh, first time, hmm. you know, but that that's, it's, it's the same thing, publishing, whether you're publishing books, whether you're publishing games, it's all about getting yourself out there and getting people to look at what you're doing, whether it's a book, whether it's a game, it doesn't matter. Um, so even though I've been doing books for 10 years and I have three publishers, uh, it's still easier marketing a game than it is a book. Yeah, because because books are so tied down to certain publishers, especially sure. nowadays when there's such a monopoly inside either Amazon or the big six and nothing in between if you're with if you're with an independent publisher there's no such thing as you know financing or advances anymore so it's much, actually much easier to put out a game than it is a book <laughs> um but i've done i've done i uh, met luis when we worked at the dc Studios. somebody earlier today actually showed yeah. one of the first games we worked on together which was so cool to see and which our names were oh it was hannah montana hell yeah <laughs> hannah montana ds and it was and it was before the show was even out nobody even knew who Miley Cyrus was at the time. But Disney wow. told
2: us it's yeah. going to be a hit and we were like, yeah, yeah, sure whatever. Yes. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> the pokemon of Disney.
1: That's right. Yeah. So we we didn't know at the time. We were just making a, a little adventure game about a girl who is like Jem and who, you know, who just changes outfits. That's what we thought we were doing. Um but but so that's where we met and then we we started uh, working together and making games together. Luis went off to other companies. I went off to work for Mystic, which was a subsidiary of Atari. They're no longer around. And I uh, I just stayed kind of like in the AA range. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did a, a bunch of games for Gamers Digital, but always doing the narrative and things like that. I was in design first, and then I switched to narrative because when I first started, the, the concept of uh, you know, adventure games were still very mostly point and click. The narrative adventure games hadn't really started to move yet or the choose your own adventure games hadn't started to move yet. Now it's very different. Of now course. Adventure games have so many subcategories, <laughs> um, but uh, I always, I always stayed in the narrative point and that's what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm the uh, narrative supervisor and I'm also <laughs> the uh, producer or the ass kicker. Somebody who goes, all right, we have to have a meeting. It's 15 minutes and then we're getting out of here because I can't take this anymore. So that's <laughs> it. So th- th- that's what I do. I'm as a new resident New Yorker, I'm the ass kicker. Hell
0: yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. My yep. team hates me. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're also a musician. Yes. What do you play?
1: Uh, I play a, a bunch of things. Um, I used to play. I, I play folk instruments mostly, and I used to we used to perform every Wednesday, sometimes on Saturdays. But obviously, COVID destroyed that, so that's no longer there. Um, but I also we also did an album together with uh, my friend Noah Tolhurst, who's a singer songwriter here. Uh, and he's, he's very well known in, um, I guess the Anglophone parts of Quebec. Cool. And, uh, we didn't, we did an album that is based on songs from my fantasy series. And I also do these books for, uh, together with Ed Greenwood, who created the Forgotten Realms. Uh, uh what are they called? One.
0: Plug them away. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. This is
1: <laughs> cre- cre- creature, Creatures from fairy tale and Myth. Oh.
0: This
1: one, this one, uh, I... I did a bunch of stories about Mendel the Missionary, who is a hapless uh, missionary in the middle of uh, like beginning of Irish the Irish Golden Age, who thinks God talks to him. It's not, But he thinks God <laughs> talks to him. And I did, I did this one as well, which is the Celtic Encyclopedia. Um, and I'm, I was supposed to have the actual first uh, novel out that is the uh, sequel to these in the summer, but because of the paper shortage, I'm still waiting. So... If I had that, I'd be able to show it to you. But I put I put all the short stories up on my Twitter, on my Patreon for *A Mind the Missionary*. So if anybody who wants to read the short stories, they're there for you. While while we're all waiting for the book. <laughs> so, but yeah, except the the two sequels are already written, and I'm just, like everybody else, just waiting. So in the meantime, I'm doing *Spaceboat*.
0: Hell yeah! As somebody who's read maybe like three books in their life, I am both uh, intimidated and impressed.
1: Well, if you read co- comics, count as books. So if you read comics, that's... Okay,
0: fine. six. Sure.
1: <laughs> manga also counts. So do game guides. Still six. All of
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I can barely read a book forwards. You think I'm going to read a book backwards? Get out of here, manga.
1: You read the internet.
0: Sometimes. Sometimes. Don't
1: you? Don't you read art- articles on the internet? I
0: do. As okay. editor, <laughs> fake editor-in-chief, or self-appointed editor-in-chief of my own website, I should probably <laughs> read that's more. That's fine. It's um, so Cool. Well, back to Spaceboat. So, who wants to uh, give me the elevator pitch on what Spaceboat is? We touched on it a little bit. I guess Louise, you are probably, since this is your baby from thirty years ago. What is Spaceboat? Uh,
2: well, Spaceboat it's a it's a narrative adventure uh, where you get to play as a, a space cat, and you're investigating a uh, basically a, you're trying to catch a, a jewel thief, uh, who uh, who created an intergalactic uh, scenario because they they stole a, this this very precious jewel. And you're you're basically charged to go to go catch them and, and find them. Uh, so the the idea of the game is this is a way for you to explore this this universe through basically what is Club Med in space. Uh, so you have this giant ship uh, that travels through like goes to the touristic planets, and uh, you know that the the shapeshifter is on there somehow and that they escape through one of these Club Med ships, and by seeing. Um, things through a touristic view we figured it'd be a kind of a comic uh way of showing this universe um so yeah that's that's the elevator pitch and it's and it's and it's um like the, the kind of beings that are in this world are, are are carpet-based life forms which is another way of saying muppets without saying muppets because if can't. not a mouse would show up at my house and kill me <laughs> uh <Yeah. laughs> There is yeah. a reason uh, Rizzo is next to me tonight. This was a oh, personal choice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, we we're really trying to bring that kind of um, that kind of sense of humor that that uh, that we, we saw in those types of uh, uh, those types of old uh, uh, puppet shows. Let's just call them that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also at the same time, you know, this is during the time where uh, point and click games were really uh, really popular, and we love the sense of humor from that from that era. So the game is really harkens back to an era of hey remember when games were kind of like funny and you could you know see this bizarre universe and it was kind of just it was just a fun ride Uh, that kind of thing so that's what we're trying to aim for
0: yeah when we were initially
2: talking you mentioned like you
0: talked about uh sierra and lucasarts and like how Mm -hmm. that era of games are kind of like lost to modern gamers um especially like obviously video game preservation is like a huge issue that is sort of maybe possibly getting better, but, like, I mean, like, you mentioned, like, games like Monkey Island. There is a mm-hmm. whole subsect of gamers who don't know what the hell Monkey Island is, and that's depressing. Um, yeah, it is. And, yeah, Monkey
1: Island, Sam & Max. All yeah. The, all the like, all the... Week?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, Double Fine, like, brought back Full Throttle and, like, a couple other remasters, which is cool, but, like, again, like, yeah, Monkey Island and Sam and & Max. Like, Sam & Max, I think, had a Telltale iteration, but I don't think... Mm-hmm. it. Did super great. Um,
1: it's back. It's back on Switch as of, I think, two months ago. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, and isn't there, yeah. I think there's a VR
1: yes. game? Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh. Okay. So I take back what I said about Sam and Max. Didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was the, so playing But I definitely got that feeling. That it feels very nostalgic but modern at the same time. How do you strike that balance? Like What do you adapt from those games but... Also, how do you bring that to, like, a modern feel for, like, to a modern audience who knows adventure games such as, like, the Telltale series and Life is
2: Strange?
1: Yeah, well, so... Oh, go ahead. Well, <laughs>
2: there, I'll just mention this. Uh, let's just start with the uh, the actual interaction and how you, you you know, like, how you, you can talk to people and so on and, and uh, use an object and so on and that kind of stuff. So you have... Back in the day, we had point and click, which was already a uh, conversion of text games, like you would type and move. You know, So we, we, we've we already seen a, a uh, an iteration of text games. And uh, point and click for me was actually, I found it was a step back because you ended up with what I call point and click syndrome, which is you click on everything in your, when you get stuck, you click on everything in your inventory and you click it on the person or the item that you think it's supposed to work. And you keep just clicking on stuff until something happens. And that kind of takes you away from that universe. So if you look at like Life is Strange, for example, they don't have any point and click. You just get close to an object. You can interact with it. That's completely different. So uh, Spaceboat has multiple ways of interacting, none of which are point and click. So that's uh, the first step. So we're trying to make it so that it's easy for people who have never seen this genre before to, to jump in and understand how it works as much as possible. So that, I think that's the first thing is being able to make it so that Anybody who's never seen it before can actually just jump in. Yeah. So, and- Michelle, you wanted to say? Uh- yeah,
1: please. Talk about the narrative in terms of humor. A lot of humorous games, when we grew up with that, I mean, Space Quest and, and, uh, and Sam and & Max, Monkey Island, they're all funny. And that that sense of like, ridiculous, that absurdist kind of humor is just not around in a lot of games anymore. Because if you talk to publishers as we have, they'll go, mm, you know, <sighs> we don't really know about this niche kind of humor but we grew up with that we grew up in a time where games were supposed to be funny they were supposed to be fun and enjoyable and ridiculous and there's there's something to be said for all the serious games and games that are meant to make you feel something that's very different you know the the whole point of, of gaming is to have that interactive experience but where's the funny stuff like i could i could can maybe count in my hand how many funny games we've had in the last little something like psychonauts probably yeah, or uh, or Bard's Tale. Bard's Tale is one of the funniest games I've ever played, and yet Bard's Tale Four, they went away from the humor, which I thought was very sad because uh, that the dynamic between the, the the fourth wall breaking of the narrator and the character in in Bard's Tale that was on like PS2, that's the best, and it was so good, it was so yeah. funny, and th- that. Cat, that attitude is just is just gone. I mean, again, with some of the telltale games like Strong Bad, Strong, Strong was it Strong Bad's beautiful game from Marvelous People or something. I like think that? so. Yeah. yeah uh, um, and then uh, Sam and Max, and even some of their other games. Wolf Among Us had a little bit of of humor. Like in dark it here humor. And there. Yeah. Yeah. Dark humor. Um, but those games are fantastic, <clears throat> and yet they're gone now. So we we need we need something that's that's bright and colorful and humorous, very Muppety without being Muppets. Um, and, but we like that, that style of humor. So, you know, when, when we play something like Monkey Island and you have a random character who's sitting in a bar going, tell me about Loom. And he goes, you mean that, that game by Brian Moriarty? (laughs) It's still funny to us. So when we, we don't see that absurd, absurdist, ridiculous humor in games, it, it is kind of, um, I wouldn't say it's a drama, but it's, it's a little bit disheartening. Because we understand the only reason why people are not doing it is because publishers are saying it's a hard sell. A humorous game is a hard sell, or a humorous narrative game is a hard sell.
0: Yeah, especially the like. Themes. No, I would say, especially like nowadays yeah. with like game, like especially PlayStation First Party, for example, like God of mm-hmm. War, Last of Us, Ghost of Tsushima, like they're all super serious. I, I mean, I yeah. fucking adore those games. I think they're brilliant masterpieces.
1: Yeah, But horrible. everything's
0: such a serious tone. And obviously, that signals to people like Sony that. That's what sells. Serious, mm-hmm. dark, gritty sells, um, and it just yeah, it puts a chokehold on anything outside of this like Nolan-esque attitude. <laughs> that uh... <laughs> like I think you know more recently, like the only humorous game that pops into mind is Bug Snacks. Maybe I like I thought Bug Snacks oh, yeah. was pretty funny. Um, okay. But other than that, yeah, I mean like on the AAA side, I guess like the South Park games, but that's that's kind of like a low-hanging fruit kind of thing, but (laughs) yeah, I think, especially nowadays with how fucking depressing the world is, I, like, sure people are writing dark shit, but I think there is such a wide gap in open space for comedic games to really come back. I mean, we've yeah, seen that actually, actually. when people to...
1: play, they laugh. They yeah. just cause, even if let's say they're not so much into an adventure game, they just love the characters and they just really enjoy being in the world. And they go, oh, cool. That was great. Maybe, maybe the gameplay is not for me, but I love the characters. I love the story. You know.
2: Lucy, we're trying to say something. Oh, yeah. I was, uh, I just noticed, uh, uh, Michelle just mentioned it kind of uh, like uh, on the streams. Uh, the other day I, I saw somebody laughing so hard that they went off from the camera like they they had to hide their face for some reason i don't know why but uh they were they were laughing pretty hard and i was like okay now i feel good this is this is this is what i want i want people to have a good time enjoy the game and maybe if i'm lucky i can get that little message out there about the 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 bizarre normalization of uh, game yeah. monetization out there you know sneak that one in there Yeah, some just people, see it under the layer of humor <laughs> Yeah, that's it, and it's okay. If a lot, of, there's a lot of people that are just not getting that part, and it's fine. It's totally fine if they don't get it. There's there's layers. You pick your layer that you want, and you you're good to go. So as long as those layers are there and people are having a good time, uh, I mean that's that's what we we set out to do. Yeah, uh, so,
0: yeah. Uh Unmetal is another funny one that came out like two. Oh, weeks I ago. love that game. There we go. Yeah. yeah, that was another was one. So yeah, 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 so good. Um, I mean, yeah. Speaking of the characters and like how much people are really like adoring these characters. Uh, I f- I can't believe like how like yes they are goofy absurd hilarious but also how real they feel and it is very much that without using the M word these carpet what would you <laughs> say carpet based life forms which is probably my exactly new, it's my new favorite thing in the world um, <laughs> it feels very grounded like a carpet based life form movie would feel like I feel like <laughs> Mermit, like how he feels alive and chiggy how she feels alive uh (laughs) very difficult to do on the spot um how difficult is it to find that balance of like humorous goofy funny absurd but also like these characters that have like seemingly like granted we've only touched on them a little bit in the demo but seemingly have a lot of substance to them and a lot of heart to them
1: well, well, we're bringing,
2: yeah, go
0: ahead. It's, it's,
1: it's just all about background, right? So for example, take a character like Earl. We've all been in his situation before <laughs> where we have pre-ordered something and not gotten what we thought we were going to get. And so for Earl, he's in the travel agency and he's the, every people sleeping on benches, people looking at the wall. And Earl's the only one who's waiting happily like, ah. and then when you actually talk to him, you realize, wow, he's just a really nice guy who really is, really wants to go on this, this trip, and he is stuck in a seat for four months, and waiting in line just like everybody else. <laughs> and you're the person who's who's, who's going to have to go ahead of him to try to get on because you're you're looking for somebody who's on the boat. Um, but it's that mixture of, oh, we like Earl, he's so cuddly and cute. And then when he tells you that he's stuck there, and that all he got for buying into the scheme is a commemorative plaque that he doesn't even, that is Chintzy, and he doesn't even want. He he can. uh You you end up sympathizing with him, you, yeah. and you realize, oh no, oh, am I Earl? Oh no, we're all
0: Earl. We've all. And then been Earl there. goes,
1: I got to step pre ordering things, and you go, I am Earl. Oh no. <laughs> but there's Especially another when,
2: part but, to Earl, mm-hmm. though. Uh, well, I'm just saying, uh, like there. I think we can all sympathize, not just with the pre-ordering, but also in the fact that he's. Like Anybody who's played games for longer than, let's say, five years uh, will sympathize with Earl because he's been... You know, he got used to playing uh, Virtua Flapper and... Uh, what was it? the uh, There was Virtua Flapper and Jawbreaker. So that's what he grew up with. He used to play those games. And uh, then all of a sudden these these whales showed up and uh, the, the people that run all this stuff decided to change everything for whales. And then they completely changed everything and made a vending machine that is now... A pachinko machine or uh, you know just a normal slot machine so in a way we've all been earl we've all been playing or enjoying our games and over time little by little they've been changing the type of game that we have into something that we don't like
0: not gonna so, lie because i'm a simple-minded human being you just saying whale well, there just like opened up that whole side <laughs> plot with premium dale
1: <laughs> yep.
0: kudos sir
2: kudos to you <laughs> thanks but actually, the funny thing there is, going back to your question, uh, there's there's also character development that we want to have for each one of these characters. So we just got introduced to them. But uh, I was just talking to Michelle the uh, the other day because we we added a, a feature because you know people hate Dale. You know he's this he's a, he's a space whale who calls you pleb all the time, and he's really he's really a snooty, and people hated him so much to the point where people were like can you give me a button so I can eject him off his, his smug seat? And I was, and we were like, you know what? Okay, we'll do it. We'll put it. <laughs> so we added it in the last patch. And you, mm-hmm. there's a place now where you can go and you can use a, a hangar bay server to actually eject them from his premium uh, skipper. Awesome. Right. And, and it, and it, and it ejects them. But the thing is with this character is the thing that I really want to do uh, is start making people feel bad for doing that to him because yeah. he, he's a whale but it doesn't mean he's a bad guy. It's like, he's also the victim in this scenario, frankly. So I'm hoping that we're going to start to see more of Dale throughout the game and people will see him with a different light and go, you know what? He's, he's a whale and he's been a bit of a jerk because I've seen whales do this. Like I've met real whales, like real life whales and they are, they, they inject a lot of money and they, they, they have a bit of the, the Dale approach to things, but, at the end of the day, they're also suffering because companies are taking advantage of their yeah. their psychological, like the things that they, that they can manipulate with the uh, with uh, with their condition. Uh, so anyways, it's I'm, I'm hoping that the character development won't be just for the characters, but also for the player to actually take a step back and go, you know what? Maybe Tail's not such a such a bad guy. You know there think?
1: are some people who have already felt bad for doing it because they find <laughs> they find the little button and they go <laughs> boop. And then they see him go. "Ah," And they go, oh, oh, no. Oh, is he okay?" okay. Yeah. (laughs) Did I just did I just kill there? There was one uh, one girl nesting dolls who was playing and uh, and she's and some people are like, yeah, do it. Push the button. And she's going, you guys don't get it. He's he's a symptom of of what's going. He's a he's he's a, a product of society. He's he's not the symptom. That's what she said. And she understood immediately that. Uh, she's like, oh, well, you know, sure, we all want to do it because we don't like these people because they keep giving money and they're ruining uh, uh, industry games. And the, some people get it 100 percent or they just feel bad for throwing them yeah. out of the chair. Yeah, but yeah. it's
2: not them. It's the people who are creating these systems to to get them to keep uh, pumping in more money because they know they'll do it if they can trick them into it. That's that's the real villain there. Yeah, that's right. Sam Sweeney um
0: <laughs> lauren you've been quiet for a bit i want to talk about yep. what um what it's like launching an indie title on kickstarter and like the challenges that come with that so hey, you guys have been on kickstarter for a week now a little over a week two weeks two
1: weeks
0: yeah so i mean how wh- i don't even know like how to like even phrase this but like how do you kickstart <laughs> like what is the process behind it we don't know fair
3: it's it's very hard um you have to just try to get as many eyes as you possibly can in a small duration of time and hope that you can keep people or direct people to the kickstarter because we're getting so many eyes on our, our demo and everything but getting people to the kickstarter uh, because of its algorithm um it doesn't favor people that don't have badges or people that aren't higher up on the things. So we're it's basically going against a wave and trying to surf it and trying to be like, can I surf it now? Can I do this and that? It's like a continuous battle.
0: Yeah, especially uh, on like the gaming pages, like it's something I typically do just because I'm a dork and I just like I'm a sap who likes to support indie devs. Um, Usually on a weekly basis, I'll just go on the gaming tab and just scroll. And I'll just yeah. back anything that looks, for, like, remotely cool. Um, but there's just so much, and I can't imagine, like, how... Like, how do you even fight... Not fight, that's not the right word. Not how you fight all the other indie devs. But, like, how do you, like... Yeah, how do you break through? Like, I I know, like, the answer is, I don't know. Like, nobody really knows, but... Yeah. yeah I, I don't envy you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I would just say, just, like every single day I have like a quota of how many people I try to reach every single day at least just reaching out or saying hey do you want to try this out and stuff so I'd say if you just keep continuously doing that eventually it's like putting like um, a stone in water like the pebbles slowly go out and then like for instance I contacted a streamer two weeks ago and then I contacted another streamer this week and they're like oh I saw this from my friend that was streaming it last week so like the connections start to happen and yeah. that starts to like last week we had such a momentum of people knowing and watching others play it then wanting to watch it like play themselves and we got loads of backers from that so it's like having that but then trying to put that on steroids and getting as many sure. people in like a small duration
0: something i always feel like i have to clarify to people because i just try to share as many kickstarters as i could to people yeah. uh kickstarter doesn't take the money out until the campaign ends and it's successful That's right, yeah so Support Kickstarters. You have nothing to lose. It's okay. They're going to take the money out in a month. Don't worry yeah. about it. Please, just support.
1: Um, I actually found out. So I found out one of my uh, one of my publishers actually uses that to his advantage. Because if he's like ten percent away from the money that he needs, what he does is he has a certain amount decide. Yeah. And he will he will push it over and he'll go. Well, Smart. that's my money anyway, so it doesn't matter because he doesn't want to disappoint. You know, four hundred people who have signed up so and and if it and if it succeeds if it goes over then more people will back because they see ah it succeeds so it's a guaranteed thing so it's kind of a it's a it's a double-edged sword because yeah it's a game you have to play yeah (laughs) it's Mm -hmm.
0: like sort of like back in the day when i used to be like in the bands and playing shows and stuff like we used to have to sell tickets to play shows and if we didn't sell a certain amount of tickets we weren't playing so like we would end up buying 10 tickets 15 tickets then we play the show um so it feels mm-hmm. like that kind of a uh, scheme. Speaking of like Space Boats themes of schemes.
1: <laughs> well, the music industry is much worse. Was it the, the guy who did the Artful Escape? Yeah. He left the music industry because of stuff like that. And he said, oh, you guys think the gaming industry is corrupt? Let me tell you about the music Oh, it
0: industry. sucks. I'm
1: terrible. Oh, uh, Artful really Escape.
0: Hard. Another funny game.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very. Uh, be- art's beautiful. Oh, my, my God. God. That game's gorgeous. Fucking
0: stunning. I keep, every time I'm on a show and whenever I get the opportunity, I say that Annapurna and Devolver are, like, doing some of the best stuff in the industry, and I'm surprised they're not, like, fucking, I, they're big, but, like, massive, you know?
1: Well, now Devolver is quite big, aren't, they're, they're technically not indie anymore, because weren't yeah. they, yeah. they went public, I think, right? I think they went public. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Sellouts. <laughs> Stralis, i, I really on.
1: appreciate i really appreciate their their marketing schemes though love nina i love all the stuff that they do. i love
3: that so much
1: and they put out such great games so as they long do. as they just keep doing that that's fine don't 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 do what ea don't does <laughs>
0: <laughs> i will say speaking of devolver if you guys aren't playing inscription please play inscription it's fucking fun I've I've heard, had, yeah them. loads of people mm. playing that oh my god it's so good
1: yeah, looking very fo- much forward to that and uh, what's it called the uh, voice of cards I know Devolver doesn't do that that's going to be Square Enix I think but oh, yeah. they both look they, they're both like Hand of Fate which was an indie game Hand of Fate and Hand of Fate <laughs> 2 which was made by an Australian company and they closed because nobody played it but Hand of Fate 2 was chef's kiss it was so incredible <laughs> and so people went oh look at that game that didn't do well That let, let me just take those ideas and put them over here in this bigger yeah. game
0: I mean, the, the most criminal thing lately has been Fortnite lifting Among Us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, all that stuff, uh, whatever.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it's not the first time. I mean, they're oh, not, no. this is not their first offense.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, Battle Royale. <laughs> exactly, basically. PUBG. And yep. even uh, this stuff with Konami putting out a contest for indie devs to produce their own IP. And then maybe, like, that indie dev will win, and they'll maybe get, like, 18 grand to fund the game. It's all bullshit.
1: I'm just saying, uh, as as a huge Castlevania fan, if somebody gave me 18 grand to make Symphony of the Night 2, I would be there. Sure. I would be
0: there. counterpoint. I don't think uh, Castlevania applies to this list. I think it's like maybe (laughs) Contra is is like the biggest thing on that list.
2: uh, Maybe they shouldn't touch that. I I can't imagine uh, Symphony of the Night with the loot box or something like that showing up all of a sudden or a cash (laughs) shop.
0: Uh, A new Castlevania game, a 2D Castlevania game dropped on iPhone a couple weeks
2: ago.
0: I haven't touched it yet, but <laughs> I, I can't imagine. <laughs> can't imagine it's great. I haven't downloaded, but
1: we'll see. I got, I got the the the, the DS and the uh, sorry, the GBA and the DS collection on Switch. Now all we need is Portrait of Ruin, and then I never need to see Konami ever again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, just give me a new Silent Hill, oh, Konami, come on.
1: Just <laughs> oh, do. You, do you want them to do it though? I don't. want I know. Konami in its current state. Let me, me rephrase.
0: Give, sell it to somebody. Make a shit ton of money. Yeah. I don't care. Just give it to somebody but, else.
1: There was oh, no, I heard, that,
2: mm-hmm. that, yeah, I heard that they make a really good slot machine.
0: <laughs> Those Pachinko machines, A plus. Yeah,
2: because the, they actually did that. It was with uh I think it was Castlevania.
0: Uh there's many Metal Gear. There's a Metal Gear remake as a Pink machine. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> that's that just in like the stunning
0: me. Fox engine that's like running like Metal Gear Solid 5. It's in a Pachinko
2: machine now. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. That physically hurts me to hear that. I know. Ah, yeah. I didn't know about that one. but uh, That's I, I what I Mr. Combini is about. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. is. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I appreciate all this is relevant to Spaceboat also because this is what Spaceboat is about and why it's so fucking cool and sad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the thing um, is that you laugh. You go, ha ha. You go, oh, ha,
0: ha, oh, ha, oh shit. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, Going back to um, Earl and Dale, uh, as a former GameStop employee, those are the two characters that uh, connected with me (laughs) the most (laughs) because I've connected with those people every single fucking day. (laughs) And as a corporate husk of a barely human being, uh, just trying to push like, hey, if you're pure, you get a keychain and maybe some cool digital stuff hey do you want the three dollar warranty that you don't really need or the edge
1: cards you know how we used to sell it because i also to work for gamestop 20 Hell years yeah. ago you know how we used to sell it? we used to tell people that oh if you if you take a three dollar warranty on a new game if you don't like it you can bring it back in 48 hours and they, that's exactly what they would do uh my that, that was back when it worked on commission it doesn't do that anymore. no not anymore
0: <laughs> i uh my era of gamestop was when i just left maybe like a month after they introduced the credit card
1: Oh yeah! I didn't know about that. Oh yeah! And those interest fees? Whew! <laughs> oh,
0: I remember. Uh, so like w- something we do at Six win because like I think multi- like we have three people who used to be former GameStop employees. We like to talk a lot of shit about GameStop. Uh, we like to talk just talk a lot of shit about a lot of people. <laughs> um, I uh, I was with my DM uh, and he uh, was watching us like try to like you know tell us how to do the credit cards whatever uh and i had to pitch it to an 18 year old kid and the fucking kid got approved and he bought an xbox one a ps4 and a wii u with a shit ton Mm -hmm. of games he maxed out the card right away and i felt so bad It's
1: like but that's you know that's what you have to do it's what they want you to do they want you to get Get them young
0: get them young just like the whales Mm -hmm. like dale (laughs) <laughs> I'm trying and to connect it back you go, oh. <laughs> uh, something really important that's technically not a part of this recording uh, but we talked about earlier Domino is based on a real thing a real yes, I was about is. to say real person <laughs> but that didn't work uh, is Domino still in the room?
1: Domino is right here she's right there Yes. She's <laughs> incredibly <important. laughs>
0: no time for press interviews
1: <laughs> there she is yeah. <laughs> yeah so, she is a real girl, and her picture is actually in... When you look in the inventory for the game, um, her picture is the picture on the driver's... Or rather, I should say the uh, the RCNP license. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. It, it's her photo, and the we <laughs> just put a purple monkey hat on her. Oh, my God. And the paw, if you play with um, a mouse and keyboard, the paw is actually her paw.
0: Is it? It's the cursor. Yeah, yeah. the cursor is her yeah. paw. Oh, my God. It's incredible. <laughs> so, I mean, it was when you initially thought of this concept spaceboat, was it always a cat as the protagonist and when did domino come into play
2: actually originally it was uh, you play as a carpet-based uh, life form oh. uh and i wanted to make it so Gross. that you could customize your your uh, carpet-based body uh so uh, i was going to throw in some other mechanics and, and things like that which is still a possibility but it's uh domino showed up afterwards because i was like i I, I don't know. I just thought, wouldn't it be neat if I could bring Domino in, into this game? And I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like, what if she drives it like a mech suit? And I guess it's one of those moments where you go like, yeah, obviously this is, this is the way to go. <laughs> and then it just happened. That's so, crazy. but it wasn't, it wasn't the plan originally. <laughs> originally there was a lot of stuff related to the body, but the, um, the suit itself, um, if, if things go well and we actually get it going, uh, properly, um, we want to have mechanics where it to do with the suit. And, uh, and maybe you're not alone in the suit. Maybe Mm. there's other things that are with you that can
0: help you out. Sounds terrifying when you're talking about like a husk body thing, but I'm
2: super into it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It has googly eyes, so it's not so terrifying. Fair, it has
2: googly eyes. And zippers. I mean, you can't go... Nothing evil ever came from... Well, no, actually, there's a lot of evil (laughs) things
0: with zippers. As somebody
2: who just watched Child's Play last night again,
0: I (laughs) counter that, (laughs) sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I don't want to keep you guys too long. Um, but, uh, you yeah, we've been just bullshitting around a little bit, which is my favorite part of these kind of conversations. Um, so I want to just make sure we get the word out there about Spaceboat. that, A, there's a demo available for everybody to play. Where mm-hmm. can you find that demo?
1: On Steam, yeah. on Game Jolt, on Itch, and it's all free. So please download it and play it. Yes, please
0: do. It's really damn fun. I'm not just saying that because three of the people who made it are staring at me. Um, well, you can
1: tell us it's crap. That's fine. We've heard that, <laughs> we, but you know, we only, we've only heard that once or twice. If you tell us it's bad, that would be new.
0: Fair. Gamers <laughs> telling you things are bad and being mean on the internet. Wow, weird.
1: That's why it's I so shocking. That it. that we've had such such a good response, and really, everybody <laughs> has been so positive. We thought That's great. For sure. We were gonna get more of oh, yeah, like it this is rubbish. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah.
2: Actually, there was one comment that was that was neg- like the most negative comment I saw. Made me laugh because it was so funny. And it was like it was just so silly. It was like this sucks, donkey, something, right? And I, I laughed because I'm like, wow, that that helps me nothing. I have no <laughs> idea what you don't like about the game. Seriously, <laughs> man. <laughs> Thank you for your feedback. Articulate. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs>
0: Um, and of course, this is on Kickstarter for a couple more weeks, right? Usually Kickstarters are a month, so a couple more yeah. weeks. Where more weeks. is that? Well, first off, the Kickstarter will be on the link, uh, will be linked in the description of the video and the podcast feeds, but might as well just, I guess, just search Spaceboat on Kickstarter and it should pop up.
1: hmm
0: Unless Michelle is writing a Spaceboat novel and putting it on a Kickstarter and then... You know, the I algorithm. actually did
1: have, I did have a... a... <laughs> I, I maybe we should have done that, but I uh, um, <laughs> I do have I do have like a little like treatise for because we one of our stretch goals was um, uh, possible like fun dating and romance things that you could do because we thought it'd be funny if you have if you could do like a little bit of a dating sim yeah uh, it's just a cute to thing get, yeah. to get some information from people and it'd be funny if like the person doesn't know that you're a cat in a Muppet suit but they they want to go on a date with you and I, I just thought and we we wanted to have like changeable heads for your for your mecha suit. So this way you could change it based on who who you're dating that that day or who's or something awesome. like that. Yeah, but we, we just wanted to have a lot of fun with it. So uh, no, there is no novel right now, but I do have like a few <laughs> scenarios, like a few narrative scenarios planned out for those kinds of things. Uh, but just Spaceboat on Kickstarter and you'll find it right away. Cool.
0: Yeah, I think the last thing I want to say is that, um, you know, kind of touching on what you just said, Michelle, it really, truly seems like you guys are just having fun with this game, especially with the updates, like being able to, Yeet Dale into oblivion. Um, (laughs) And just like even the ideas that you have that, like, if this Kickstarter kicks off, you know, that, like, you know, you're going to have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, clearly the heart is in there. And I mean, the fact that this is an idea from dating back from the 80s, like, the passion, the love, the heart, the care, it's all there. And, you know, I wish you guys all the best because, yeah, truly this game fucking rules. And everybody should go play it.
1: That's it. That's everybody it. should go play major. it. That's why that's why we we put the demo up everywhere. We really wanted everybody to play it. Just yeah.
2: give it a shot, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like you lose nothing and uh, hopefully it'll reignite that little passion uh, of, you know, like uh, Douglas Adams type. Like not saying that we're Douglas Adams level, but we're, you know, it's like in that direction. And hopefully people will understand what that is in in like an adventure game in a universe that you don't already know everything about it. Yeah. There's no metaclorians in this universe, so anything's is good. Yeah, no, no it, uh, you know what? It'd be Don't funny if we had me. something <laughs> just to make fun of it. Yeah. Parody yeah. is okay, right? Okay.
0: <laughs> Parody
1: is okay. Parody is fine.
2: Well,
0: Michelle, Lauren, Luis, thank you so much for hanging out with me for a little bit. It was a pleasure getting to know you more. Uh, Tim Sweeney?
1: Was your part. What was your favorite part of the game? I <laughs> uh, See,
0: I was going to sign off saying Tim Sweeney, fuck off, but now I can't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of the game, I think meeting, actually probably going into the cafe and like that was like the first time it really clicked that this was like a whole commentary on existence and how depressing our lives are um just talking to glenn and how much glenn was really trying to sell me on these subscriptions and how much and it made me think of how many subscriptions i rely on and it just made me feel terrible but i was still laughing i think that's the whole theme of this whole game is that you feel terrible the entire time but you're (laughs) laughing through it (laughs) you're having a fucking blast
1: yeah because the because this is existence and we have this is it a choice. yeah if you you have to if you want anything today i was just i was reading a comic on manta and and yet it said oh if you want to continue you have to sub we're going but why can't i just buy this comic i will give you three dollars for this comic yeah nope you have to sub for three dollars a month but i just want this one i don't nope and so but that's kind of again the whole space chucks thing so it's it's like a very specific coffee shop we all know where you could buy the expensive coffee but if you get their membership card, oh, you could also get rewards. And did you know that you you're also yeah. It's the gamification.
2: Ga- but the th- that's just a, like I think that's the the key to the, the 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 game is bringing in all of these things that are kind of happening in the real world now. It comes from I, I don't I don't think this came from anywhere else other than video games in the sense of how bad it is. Video yeah. games have gone to an, an absolute extreme of of re- just ridiculous monetization. It started with a horse mod uh, armor mod. For for five dollars, like ten years ago, now we just laugh at that. It's like oh, five bucks, that's it, yeah. and it's a skin.
0: Yo, I paid thirty dollars last night for uh, the Hot Wheels Unleashed season pass because they released that Batman trailer. Are you fucking kidding me? Of course, I want to drive through the Batcave. Yes, I am a <laughs> f- fucking sh- sheep <laughs> that but will that that that. buy it. <laughs>
2: they've managed yeah. to normalize this stuff yeah and it's so normal now that we don't even think about it but yeah that's the key I it's hope like yes i know. do want to
0: drive the barbie mobile you're kidding
2: me yes i'll give you 30
0: dollars <laughs> come on exactly uh well guys thank you so much for hanging out uh everybody listening uh we do these dev conversations you know i think at least once a month i got like three lined up this week which is kind of rare but uh yeah uh subscribe here on youtube.com slash six one indy uh Follow up on podcast platforms. You know the whole spiel, the whole fucking content creator spiel. I don't know. I don't need to fucking share it. Uh, <laughs> six one at six one indie, all that good stuff. Hug your favorite carpet based carpet based life form. I said carbon by accident. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>